Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. We are headed into the home stretch of the college football season. The World Cup is getting underway. Basketball and hockey are in full swing. And of course, we have all the pro football action you could ask for. Use our promo code BLEAVE, B-L-E-A-V, with the link in the description to this episode to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts good morning good evening good afternoon or good night However, and whenever it is, you may be listening. Thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network, except it isn't live because it is as always, a podcast. Welcome in, everybody. It is a fantabulous November 10th, according to my count. It may not be that according to your count, but we appreciate you stopping in, however, and whenever it is that you may be listening. We are going to kick off today's show by talking about the news that is coming out of Brooklyn, and there's a whole lot of stories we could touch on with Brooklyn. Uh, For those who don't know, so last week on Wednesday, just kind of taking you behind the curtain a bit here for those of you who might be new to the show. Last Wednesday, we did a show about everything that was going on with the Brooklyn Nets, specifically as it came to Kyrie Irving's double down situation over the book and the subsequent movie that he posted on his social media accounts that contained, uh, I didn't watch it, but this is uh, again sourcing from Vinny Goodwill, who's a writer for Yahoo Sports on basketball, Pablo Torre, who has a Twitter thread, which we linked to last Wednesday's episode about the details of this book. Jamel Hill, I heard on a podcast this week, talk about the details of what's in that book and in that movie. Uh, She watched it and did a, a detailed report on that. If you want Better information about the specifics of this last Wednesday's episode. We did a a lot of talk about that, and uh, there's been other people such as Vinnie Goodwill and Jamel Hill and Pablo Torre who have more articulate points about this case. Everyone's done media conversation around this in the last week, and there's no shortage of places you can find information specifically about the anti-Semitic language, Holocaust-denying, Islamophobia, Uh, anti-African rhetoric that is in this documentary and this book. Lots of misinformation and, again, conspiracy theories abound. The double-down situation was what we talked about on Wednesday. And what I articulated on Wednesday is that this is a situation where Kyrie Irving will back down and Kyrie Irving will apologize. 
At the time I said denounce, I don't think denounce was the correct way to phrase that, given some of the racial connotations with black men denouncing other black men, uh, specifically as it relates to fights between black people and Jewish people across history and uh, fights between black people and women across history and different minority groups being pit against each other and having that be a way that preserves and maintains white power at the top because you're fighting the wrong battle and all of that stuff was not the best way to describe it. And so specifically Kyrie Irving was going to have to apologize and back off of his stance because otherwise his NBA career was going to be over. And all that being a superstar would buy him is the possibility of a few more months of playing for a bad Brooklyn Nets team or one more job that isn't good for minimal salary because a team is willing to compromise their morals and ethics for that situation. And so what it and this isn't necessarily a moral and ethical point. Again, everyone puts their morals and ethics in different places. What this is a place of is a combination of morals and ethics and the cold cut capitalistic business side of a corporation like the Brooklyn Nets that happens to traffic in emotions and traffic in basketball. This was going to be the end of Kyrie Irving's career if he doesn't back down and after we recorded that show, there was a third triple down with the press conference on last Thursday. The Brooklyn Nets announced that he was going to be suspended for a minimum of five games, had to meet certain criteria in order to return, and there hasn't been a big development on this case, so new information perhaps may not present itself until we know whether Kyrie Irving is going to follow the steps that the Brooklyn Nets laid out in front of him, which were... Uh, for those who want the direct reference. Quote, the conditions needed for Irving's reinstatement include a public statement recognizing the film as anti-Semitic, an apology for supporting the film and the falsehoods within it, training sessions on the dangers of hate speech. There would also be to be meetings with uh, Brooklyn Jewish leaders and then a meeting with Joe Tsai to articulate that he has an understanding and this is from uh, uh, Bobby Marks who works for ESPN was laying out the uh, the details and Kyrie Irving put out an apology statement on his social media one that originally misspelled the word Semitic but at the same time was an apology statement that articulated his uh, uh, whether written by Kyrie Irving or not or whether actually being intentional and meaningful was an apology statement and like I said back on Wednesday the, the shitty part about all of this is that we're going to give Kyrie Irving the benefit of the doubt in a lot of these situations. Um, so we recorded another segment like a lot of people did. The, the developments made it so that the information we were discussing was not the most accurate. I ended up not playing it. Juju and I over on the Slump Buster YouTube did a Kyrie Irving segment that ultimately had to, to be scrapped because we recorded on Tuesday. And by Thursday, that information was not relevant anymore. And the new developments had made it such that the conversation was not necessarily based on the most accurate information. And so now that it seems like the dust has settled per se and that the information is solid now on where things stand and Kyrie and the Nets appear to be going through the process of either reconciliation or moving apart from each other. I want to talk about that most importantly because it is more important before we talk about the Ime Udoka situation, which is something that... I have found interesting because of the developments in that case within the last week since the last time we talked about Brooklyn. And so as it relates to Kyrie Irving, 
this is a situation where still his NBA career is in jeopardy as a result of the future conditions of his reinstatement and the fact that the relationship with him and the Brooklyn Nets appears to be just about over. Again, he could go through the process of all of the over-the-top, all of the intentionally designed to be difficult tasks that the Brooklyn Nets have laid out for him as a condition of his reinstatement and in part is not on the purest of intentions from Brooklyn. It's Brooklyn in part trying to take back power and take back control of this situation after everything that's happened with Kyrie Irving on down, whether it be the the decision of Kyrie Irving to, to push for Kenny Atkinson's firing, uh, hiring of Steve Nash with the famous comment about like, we don't need a coach, we just need a collaborator, uh, hiring Steve Nash, who was Kevin Durant's guy and someone who didn't have coaching experience before then, uh, whether it be the season where he missed a whole lot of time and then got injured in the playoffs, which is not necessarily related to the other stuff, which then goes into vaccines and Kyrie Irving sitting out months to not take the vaccine and stand up for what he believed in and then checkmating the Brooklyn Nets in a way that he had more power, whether it be the power of being a superstar, the power of being uh, associated with Kevin Durant and using that power to his advantage, ended up checkmating the Brooklyn Nets into Brooklyn saying, we're not going to bring him back until he gets vaccinated. And then they brought him back, despite the fact he wasn't vaccinated when we had the spike in COVID cases at the end of 2021. So you have that situation where he's a part-time player and then going into the offseason you have the him trying to work his way to the Los Angeles Lakers and Kevin Durant's trade request and then coming together again and then this situation that ultimately makes it such that Brooklyn will not extend Kyrie Irving that relationship is coming to an end with Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets and so at this point putting him on suspension is a way to potentially recover some of the money at this point for Brooklyn. Suspending him without pay just means that they can recover the money in that situation and move on from the relationship. And so where this stands now is it's going to be a stalemate as Kyrie Irving either works to change his stance based on the criteria laid out by the Brooklyn Nets, works to change his stance in order to save his ass as it comes to like his Nike deal getting suspended and and rebuilding the public image a little bit, or the stalemate just continues indefinitely until a resolution is reached where they go their separate ways. Like those are the circumstances that we find ourselves in, which is the course of action chosen by the Brooklyn Nets already is we don't care whether you come back or not. We don't care because this relationship is effectively coming to an end, if not over already. That might mean keeping Kyrie Irving suspended indefinitely. It might mean waiving Kyrie Irving. Whatever the circumstance may be, the Brooklyn Nets, in a cold-cut business sense, in the basketball sense, have decided that they are not going to continue this relationship with Kyrie Irving. And I find that to be interesting as it relates to what comes next because by that stance the ball is technically in the court of Kyrie Irving Brooklyn has absolved themselves from responsibility other than the responsibility they've taken in suspending him and trying to give him opportunity giving him the protection of not putting him in front of the media for five days if we're going back to the timeline we outlined last week on 
Saturday two weeks ago was the press conference with Nick Friedle where he doubled down on the tweet that he posted on the Friday before. They don't make him available for media Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. Wednesday night, they make the public statement about um, Kyrie Irving and the Anti-Defamation League and the Brooklyn Nets were accepting a donation. And then Kyrie Irving's press conference on Thursday goes awry where he doesn't apologize. And by not apologizing in effective, again, there's more layers and nuance to this situation, but in essence, the press conference on Thursday being as much of a clusterfuck as the one on Saturday ultimately leads to the Brooklyn Nets coming together and saying, we're just going to put you on the bench and suspend you and your terms and conditions for return are X, Y, and Z. And it's a suspension that might just go on indefinitely because the Brooklyn Nets have reached a situation where this was the final straw, where they decided that keeping him around was not worth what they were dealing with from Kyrie Irving. And by the way, this is with good case, because when we're talking about Holocaust denying, when we're talking about anti-Semitism, when we're talking about Islamophobia, and we're talking about anti-African rhetoric that lands on a national stage, especially with the conversations that are being had around Kanye West over the last three weeks, and anti-Semitism in the most blatant fashions being on the rise, and upticks in hate crimes towards Jewish people and to black people, you can point to that and say, yes, that is a circumstance where no Kyrie Irving's talent only buys him a short period of time if he's not willing to apologize and back down on that situation, because this is a case where the league as a whole has decided this is not worth the fight. It's not worth the fight of trying to defend someone who is in defense of anti-Semitism and in defense of Holocaust denying, again, for a piece that we're not sure Kyrie Irving watched himself in the first place. And so because that's all the information that's been laid out, this is just a situation where, again, without a clear-cut amount of contrition and apology there isn't a pathway back from this, specifically as it relates to Brooklyn. Now, another team won't take it on as things currently stand right now. And again, this is kind of the cold-cut basketball sense of this case. We've talked about the moral and ethics of this, uh, not just on last Wednesday. That information still holds up from what we were talking about last Wednesday. Um, We talked about it briefly at the beginning here, but again, I encourage you, go back to last Wednesday's podcast for a deep breakdown of specifics as it relates to what is in this piece that is specifically anti-semitic holocaust denying um dangerous to uh lead like the messages within that are leading to an uptick in hate crimes uh there's islamophobia and there's anti-african rhetoric again wednesday's episode articulates the moral ethical side and the information present in this piece from the pure basketball standpoint this is a case of your career is coming to an end as a result of this if you don't back down and if you don't apologize and both can be true in this case the Brooklyn Nets can out there there have actually been reports coming in I believe it was Mark Stein I don't don't 100% remember on this I'm almost certain it was Mark Stein who was talking about like part of this case is Brooklyn is anticipating that he might not be able to meet all of these criteria and therefore it can be grounds for waiving him or grounds for just keeping the suspension indefinite. We don't have to pay him 
and then ultimately will just let him go at the end of the year because this season is already a waste for Brooklyn. You could look at, and Kevin Durant still wants to leave. You could look at that situation and you could look at what is happening with Kyrie Irving having the ball in his court and letting this play out to where real contrition and real apology is going to be the only thing that keeps his NBA career going. And I think that's the situation where I said last week and still believe that this is the case is that he will probably, by probably, I guess I could also say more likely than not. We are, If we're playing a probability game, I'm not sure exactly where the number is, 60%, 70%, 80%, 90%, whatever. I don't personally know Kyrie Irving. Looking at it from the information that I have present, which is the amount of money he has on the line, the reputational value he has on the line, and the fact that his NBA career might be coming to an end if this is a stance that he's willing to die on, perhaps. And a die on is a little dramatic, but this is something that he's not willing to back off on. This is a situation where I assume Kyrie Irving, more likely than not, values those things or values those benefits of being a star basketball player and working towards that his whole life he he values that more than this stance and this principle and therefore I believe it is more likely than not that he will back down on this situation and even if it's not meeting all the requirements that are laid out by the Brooklyn Nets it's going to look contrite and it's going to improve the public perception of him And again, like I said last week, the fucked up thing also is that we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt in these circumstances, an unearned benefit of the doubt. But when you're a famous basketball player who shows a level of contrition, he's going to get an unearned benefit of the doubt in this situation, even though for some there is no doubt at this point. A tried and true apology and showing a level of contrition, he'll earn a little benefit of the doubt in the sense that he'll be able to make money and play basketball still after leaving the Brooklyn Nets. It's just going to take time in that respect to rebuild and the good thing for him is that he has nothing but time at this point it's only it doesn't take a lifetime in order to show contrition and show some sort of change it also takes more than five days so because of that you're going to have him disappear from the public perception for a minute and then you're going to have some level of contrition and some level of an apology and I don't know when that's going to happen. It, it will take more than five days, and it will also take less than five months. So somewhere in between five days and five months is where the, the timing of this apology and contrition and image rehabilitation, shall we say, is going to be the thing that ultimately takes place more likely than not. More likely than not, that will be the situation. Because again, Perhaps Kyrie Irving has values in different places that I don't understand because I don't know him personally. More likely than not, that is the way this is going to play out. Again, it might not meet all of the details laid out by the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets could revoke those standards and back down a little bit on that stance too. That is a compromise that is entirely plausible. Is that Oh, he didn't meet all of these standards but he met enough that we're okay bringing him back to play basketball and public perception has calmed down a little bit, et cetera, et cetera. And so what this is a situation for is that because of the consequences that he's already experienced, he's going to have a contrite apology. 
it's going to be either in a prepared statement or it's going to be in front of a press conference. Call it humbling, call it whatever you want, call it changing perspective, whatever they end up describing it as is besides the point. It's just enough in the cold sense to not have it appear that you are the face of anti-Semitism that Kanye West is posting on his Twitter account. You don't just changing that perception and that perspective is going to be a thing that happens sometime in the future. Again, like I said, it is more likely than not that this is going to happen. It's not going to happen in five days, which it's been five days since the original suspension was handed out. It's not going to take five days, and it's also not going to take five months. It should be somewhere in the in-between, as long as Kyrie Irving is actually willing to do the brand reputation work and say the right thing to a group of people who either A, are personally affected by this, B, are one tier removed from being personally affected by this, or C, the people who want to hear an apology from Kyrie Irving for being anti-Semitic, Holocaust-denying, Islamophobic, and uh, speaking anti-African hate speech and, and some of the details that are in that documentary. So you could point to all of that and say, that will happen sometime in the future, more likely than not. More likely than not, that is going to be what happens. The second Brooklyn Nets story that I want to discuss is the Ime Udoka Brooklyn Nets head coaching situation. Because news came in on Wednesday that Jacques Vaughn, who was the interim coach for Brooklyn back in 2020 when they fired Kenny Atkinson and in 2022 after they fired Steve Nash, Jacques Vaughn is going to be the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets presumably for the next two seasons. He has a contract for this year and for next year. Now that doesn't necessarily mean anything within the context of coaching contracts. There's so much money in these pro sports leagues that they can hire and fire coaches with no salary cap implications. So it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be the long-term coach. It does mean that Ime Udoka is not going to be the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. And if you follow the timeline of events that has come out since the last time we talked about this case, because we recorded the podcast last week on Wednesday, Uh, That would have been Tuesday night that I recorded it. So on Tuesday night, we were doing that podcast, and that day was when Steve Nash got fired, and Adrian Wojnarowski reported that Brooklyn planned to hire Ime Udoka and that the move would be confirmed sometime within the next few days. And what happened in the aftermath is that, uh, this is according to Mark Stein back on Saturday, Mark Stein articulates in his uh, Substack column that The league sources say, this is the direct tweet from him, league sources say there's been some strong voices urging Joe Tsai to back off the Nets' intent to hire suspended Celtics coach Ime Udoka as Steve Nash's successor, given the considerable turmoil Brooklyn has already faced this season. So, from Tuesday to Saturday, we have confirmation that people are saying, hey, you should not hire this Ime Udoka guy. And the thing that we talked about on Wednesday was that this seems like an absolutely insane situation. 
the idea that we don't know the details, whether it be from an investigation or from credible journalism that has discussed what exactly it was that led to Udoka being fired, we don't have readily accessible information about this case. And when I say readily accessible, what I mean is I've heard Bomani Jones on podcasts discuss details and describe details of the Udoka situation. I have heard Matt Barnes on his Instagram story talking about how he t- he, he made a couple calls and realized the situation is a thousand times worse. Uh, John Sally, the former player, went on Shan- uh, Shannon Sharp's podcast and, and talked about some of the details that he knows but isn't ready to report. So people with access have information. People who don't have access do not have information. And so when I say there's no information on the Udoka situation, it's not readily available and journalistically vetted yet. And the public cannot disseminate the public cannot obtain that information. It's information that's based on access. It's information that's based on secondhand accounts. And only a certain number of people have that access to information that's helping inform their opinions. And from what we know in leaks and such, we have the the details of him sending uh, threatening text messages, perhaps in some situations, although there isn't journalism that backs that up. Um, People who know information say that Boston never intended for him to coach again for the team and... We know from the report, Boston was more than happy to let Udoka walk away. They didn't want compensation. They didn't want to um, prevent him from interviewing. They would just be happy if Brooklyn took him off their hands and made that problem go away. So again, the information that we have does not match up with the actions of the people in positions of power. Therefore, there is information we don't know. And maybe we will get that information at some point in the future. What I articulate is that because we don't have information to confirm that this is absolutely batshit crazy, it just appears to be batshit crazy that the Brooklyn Nets would contemplate hiring Ime Udoka in the first place because the actions that have been taken by the league and by Boston don't match with the information that we have available. Therefore, there is more information that they have that we do not, as the public, have access to. I'm, and even myself, as someone who does this type of show, I'm probably like two or three tiers of access removed. Sometimes I get inside information, but I'm like two to three tiers of access removed from being able to have that type of information. And so what this is a situation is, is where because we don't have information, it appears to be batshit crazy. And that seems to be... What happened in the case of the Brooklyn Nets over the last week, which was Tuesday, Wojnarowski, who has clear, concise sources within the organization, he's buddy-buddy with Sean Marks, he has very clear information as it comes to that Brooklyn Nets organization, articulates the plan is to hire Ime Udoka. And within three days, enough information and back-channeling has gotten to the Brooklyn Nets such that they don't plan to hire Ime Udoka immediately like they had originally planned for when they got rid of Steve Nash. Again, Mark Stein uh, posted that on Saturday, where he says, again, league sources say there's been voices urging Nets owner Joe Sy to back off of the Nets' intent to hire Ime Udoka, given the considerable turmoil Brooklyn has already faced this season. And so 
what ends up happening over the next few days, Scoop B. Robinson, who's a reporter for Bally and also the person who said that uh, he, he was the one who stepped in it by saying, hey, you know, we wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't be talking as much about this Kyrie Irving situation if the Brooklyn Nets were 5-4, and four, which is clearly not the case, but he just stepped in it with that last week. That was the first time I'd heard his name in a while. But as someone with access to information was talking about, like, Jax Vaughn is the guy because they couldn't get Udoka and they backed off of Udoka. And so he was just the natural successor because their first option didn't end up working out because of all of the pushback and the lack of clarity on this case. And then after the news is announced that Jacques Vaughn is going to be the head coach uh, again, Scoop Robinson put that out, I believe on Tuesday or Monday or Tuesday, Maybe it was Wednesday morning, um, exactly, where he's putting out the information that's like, hey, if they're not going to hire Udoka, Jacques Vaughn is just the natural person to fit in. Then we have Shams putting this out at, on Wednesday morning after the news comes in that Jacques Vaughn has been named the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, which is uh, courtesy direct quote from Shams' story, quote, the Nets changed course from their initial plan to hire Udoka due to several factors. Multiple sources with direct knowledge of the decision-making told The Athletic. These factors include an investigation and due diligence process by the Nets into their suspended coach, taking longer than initially expected. The outcry after word of their plan became known to people outside and inside the organization. And the short and long-term question marks around the team's ability to contend in the East as a result of the indefinite suspension of Kyrie Irving. And so it seemed like the plan was, before everything happened with Kyrie Irving, that the Brooklyn Nets were going to fire Steve Nash, hire Ime Udoka, without doing a due diligence process, and were willing to endure the negative backlash that came as a result of that. And I think what Brooklyn miscalculated from this vantage point, again, without access to information, based on the lack of information that I have, I think that Brooklyn miscalculated how hiring Udoka would go over with the public. Because when that news came out, we articulated on Wednesday that this seems like an absolutely batshit crazy situation. This is a person who went to the NBA Finals as a head coach last season, and the Boston Celtics, because of whatever the details are that we don't know, decided that they would just rather let him go altogether, put him on suspension, and just let him go, then try and resolve this situation because of the information that we don't have about why specifically Ime Udoka was put on suspension, other than leaning heavily on the nine words of consensual relationship with a Boston Celtics staffer. We just have those nine words to lean on and not publicly accessible information as to what that entails especially from a person in a leadership position that seems incredibly compromised based on the actions that have been taken by the Celtics, based on information that we don't have. And so it seems like a batshit crazy situation that Brooklyn would then bring in Ime Udoka and hire Ime Udoka, and it seems like, based on the information we don't have, but based on the actions that the NBA and the Celtics have taken around this case, that Brooklyn had the same type of situation happen for them where they they miscalculated what the public outcry would be so much so that they changed course of action and hired their plan B coach which was just promoting Jacques Vaughn to be the interim and that's a situation where they just miscalculated 
maybe they were going to fire Steve Nash anyways. Maybe they would have preferred to keep Steve Nash if Udoka had not been available to them the entire time. But ultimately, they miscalculated, and so now they have no Steve Nash and no Ime Udoka to coach their team. So they go to their plan B or plan C option, which is promoting Jacques Vaughn to be the head coach. And that's a, that's a misstep by the organization, especially when we're talking about the leader of the team and the leader of the organization. That is an incredible misstep on the part of the Brooklyn Nets, and it's doubled down as a misstep when we're talking about this as a case with a very sensitive situation where Ime Udoka is potentially engaging in conduct that would make him unhirable within NBA circles because of the accountability and punishment that would come from whatever the details are that we don't know. Clearly, he's Boston does not want him as their coach or to have him around the organization. Brooklyn tried and could not hire him as the next head coach. So clearly there's information there that we don't know that people with access do have information to. It's just not widely accessible because journalists are taking the time to vet this story and investigate and possibly speak with victims in this case. So because we don't have access to the information, we just have to trust that the decision-making is based on information and try and calculate what it is while not speculating about specifics because this is an incredibly sensitive situation where we potentially have real victims within the Celtics organization, not just those who are directly impacted by this, but people whose names have been smeared as a result of people trying to figure out, oh, who's who's Ime Udoka sleeping with within the Celtics organization? Like, because of that situation, you have people who are being victimized and traumatized again, and so it's not better, it's not good to speculate on the situation. Just trust that the information will become publicly accessible and that teams are making this calculation based on what the information they have dictates, which is that there is something there, information and details of what Ime Udoka was doing, that we don't have access to. And perhaps we will with time. Perhaps Brooklyn thought that because there was no access to information, they could sneak Ime Udoka in the back door and hire him as the coach. It turned out that, that would not be the case, whether, like Sham said, it was an actual investigation and due diligence taking longer than expected, whether it was outcry within the organization or outside the organization, or whether it had to do with this whole week and a half situation around Kyrie Irving and the fact that he might never play a game for Brooklyn again. Whatever the situation may be, it was a miscalculation by the Brooklyn Nets. And because we don't have information, we don't know whether that's morally reprehensible or not on the case of the Brooklyn Nets. We just don't have any access to information. And now the Brooklyn Nets are going to hire their plan C or plan B head coach in Jacques Vaughn instead of getting to hire Udoka or potentially keep Steve Nash. And again, because we don't have access to information, we don't know whether that's perhaps morally reprehensible, whether that's a situation where... It's a misstep on the part of Brooklyn by not recognizing what the public backlash was because we don't know what Udoka's situation is. And so a batshit crazy situation now seems a little less batshit crazy because there actually were accountability measures that kind of blocked Udoka from being able to 
become the Brooklyn Nets head coach and accountability and public pressure, I guess private pressure, not public pressure, private pressure behind the scenes looks like it led to the right thing. Looks like it led to the right thing for the time being, which is Ime Udoka, who has been placed on suspension without any access to publicly available information, who's basically no longer employable by the Boston Celtics, was just going to jump over to the Brooklyn Nets without having any sort of contrition or information become publicly available, was going to be able to get one of those high-profile coaching jobs immediately after all of that was happening. It seemed incredibly crazy given that we don't have access to information. And information might confirm, as I suspect it might, (laughs) getting information might confirm, hey, this was absolutely batshit crazy. Why did Brooklyn try and do this? That was an incredibly dumb thing for their organization to do. Maybe the information won't present itself that way. But the actions of the Brooklyn Nets in the last week dictate, yeah, it was kind of a batshit crazy idea to think that we could just hire Ime Udoka after he went to the NBA Finals last year, was suspended by the Celtics. Celtics just wanted him off their hands and let would let him walk, would let Brooklyn interview him, didn't want compensation, just want him gone. He's never going to coach for the Celtics again, it would appear. Clearly, based on information that's been reported, Boston is not going to have him coach their team ever again. And so if he's unhirable in Boston without showing any level of contrition or with us having access to information and having no measure of accountability for Udoka's behavior, was he immediately going to get a job with the Brooklyn Nets? It seemed kind of crazy. It seemed batshit crazy last week, and this week it seems a little less batshit crazy because we don't have access to information And at the same time, the the private pressure ended up preventing Udoka from being hireable by the Brooklyn Nets. Maybe more information would make him more hireable. Maybe more information would lead to more clear accountability. We just need the information to be publicly available and easy to disseminate, probably through journalism, in order to understand what exactly it is that Ime Udoka did and what measure of accountability should be taken before he could ever get a head coaching job with the Brooklyn Nets again. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping into the Take It Easy podcast. We've got episodes every single day, Monday through Friday, as well as Wired Up, sometimes on Sundays. Make sure to download, leave a five-star review, do all of that wonderful stuff to help support this wonderful channel. I saw a bunch of you left five-star reviews last week. It was incredibly, incredibly appreciated. Thank you so much for, for all of your continued support. Leave a comment if you want. Uh, I, I always appreciate when people drop their reviews of the show or just thoughts about a certain episode. Uh, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for stopping in. And as always, take it easy. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.